You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. That's so awesome. And I love the testimonies. That's my, one of my favorite parts. And the worship's one of my favorite parts. And the word's one of my favorite parts. And seeing you guys, it's one of my favorite parts. So the whole thing's my favorite part, right? I know, I get so excited. I, I just can't, I really cannot help myself. Uh, and, and just to see, you know, I do believe uh, that we are in a financial shift. I have seen it. I hear the testimonies of it. Uh, God keeps speaking to me about it. We're in a financial shift. And of course, what the enemy had planned to destroy us by uh, stealing the economy around the world, not just in America, but around the world, God's like, that is nothing for me absolutely nothing for me. I can replenish that economy, your economy, your family's economic situation. I can replenish that. And even when Patricia said, uh, Friday, it was either Friday or Saturday. I can't remember. Uh, 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 Jesus plus nothing equals everything for us. I mean, it is true for us who who are leaning into what God has and trusting him in the midst of chaos. There is multiplication and we don't understand it. Uh, at times we don't even think we deserve it. Like she was saying, no, that's way too much. Don't give me so much money. And God's like, no, I want to bless you. And this is a shift in our economy. He's opening doors up for us. And um, we just need to put out our hands and say, thank you. Put out our hands and say, thank you. Because it's going to come in all different ways. And um yeah, just thank you, Lord. And same with healing, just like uh, the gentleman the other night. And there'll be other healing testimonies. I told him, thank you for telling me, because sometimes I'll get an email a year later or two years later. Remember when I was there for a conference? Oh, I forgot to tell you God healed me. I'm like, good. But I love I love to hear the testimonies uh, because God is looking to make his body whole. Yeah. That is what his word says. And we go after the fullness of his word until we receive what he has promised us. Uh, so that's very important to me. So this morning, we're going to continue a little bit on what I preached on Sunday, Saturday morning. If you weren't there, it is on Facebook, on our gathering account, and it's on my personal account and my uh, business page. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about kingdom building. And, you know, when I talked about it on Saturday, it was more of the big picture. You know, we're kind of talking the big picture, but I want to drill it down. So what does that really mean to us? Because, you know, sometimes we get a vision of something or a word about something, but it's hard to bring it down to the tactical. How does that apply to my life? And, and I like the application. You know, I like to be able to say, Lord, this is what your word says. So I want, I want 
the day-to-day, step-by-step, how do I apply your word to my life? I just like it that way. I mean, I like the big picture, but I want to take the big picture and bring it down. So we're going to start in Isaiah 60. I'm just going to review this one section of scripture that I talked about, and I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation, because what I want to do is stir up and remind you who you are who I am, because it's, it's hard to bring it down to the tactics if we can't grasp a hold of what the vision actually is. Yeah. Um, so this is Isaiah 60, and it's gonna, I'm going to read verses 1 and 2, um, and it says, I think Noah will pop it up there for us. Now I'm going to read out of the um, Passion Translation, but it's, it's super, simple, super similar. So it says, rise up in splendor and be radiant. Now, remember, this is who you are. This is who I am. For your light has dawned and Yahweh's glory now streams from you. Look carefully. Darkness blankets the earth and thick gloom covers the nations. But Yahweh arises upon you and the brightness of his glory appears over you. So that's who we are. And uh, what we understand is that, and I want to just emphasize this again, to arise, to rise up in the Hebrew means to become powerful. It also means stand up, but it also means to become, stand up and become powerful. If you have Christ in you, you are already powerful. So it's not something you have to get to. It's something that you already are. And the other part of that arise is means to come onto the scene. So we're, we've, we've stood up. We are powerful and we are coming onto the scene of whatever the situation is. And it's interesting because um, it says darkness blankets the earth. Well, All you want to say to that is, duh. I mean, seriously, darkness blankets the earth. However, his glory also shines on the earth through his people, because that's what we just read. So we so we want to get a hold of the big picture. Darkness blankets the earth. We know that we see it every day. We see it on the news. I mean, we see it. However, We, the people of God, carry the glory of God that streams out of us. I read this the other day, John 7, 38, that whoever believes in us out of their bellies flow a river of living water, which is the Holy Spirit. So we see the darkness. We are the solution for the darkness on the earth. We are God's answer for this earth. He lives in us. And he has distributed his body across the world to overcome the darkness that lives in the earth. Amen. Amen. Say, I agree that that's who I am. And that's what God has called me to do. I am a killer of darkness. We are. We are killers of darkness. Because the darkness can exist when the light is there. If we turn off all the lights, it's going to be dark. But if we turn on the light, then the darkness can exist because the light is shining, right? I mean, it's, you know, simple, kind of. 
right? Everybody's got, oh, this is easy. No big deal. Let's just bring some darkness my way. No, don't. I? <laughs> just send me to my assigned darkness, right? But it's funny when we think about this because we don't really think of ourselves as, and I use this illustration as uh, for those who can understand this scenario, we are disco balls. You remember, and uh, I'm sure there's a couple of people that will not know, but, you know, maybe you've seen it on a movie, Saturday Night Live or something. I'm not recommending that movie, so don't, don't send me text messages. Don't write on Facebook. I'm not recommending it. But when the light hit the mirror, all you could see was light reflecting all around. And 2 Corinthians 3.18 says that we reflect him. Yeah like a mirror from glory to glory. We are like the disco ball of God on this earth because his light hits us, it lives in us, and we reflect it to display on the world, right? So that makes us the light in the darkness. Oh, that's kind of exciting, isn't it? I mean, it really, when you think about it, you know, you think about that is way too big, that's way too weighty, God, that's way too much. And he's like, that is nothing for me. Everyone who says yes and believes in me lives in that truth. And this is what shifts the nations because we are carriers of God's glory that flow out of us like a river that floods the light of Christ that kills the darkness that has attacked other people. So that, that is really cool. And someone actually had a vision when we were, uh, during our, uh, what do you call, what do we have the conference? I might be a little tired. So there, there may be, you know, but they said, as they were greeting at the door, they said, the Holy spirit said there was a waterfall flowing down over the door. It was as wide as the door. So everyone who came in had to walk through it. As they did, they were washed and refreshed. As I began to visualize it, I saw that they were also, uh, that it was also a shield, the waterfall. The doorway was hidden behind the waterfall. And I began to think about how a beautiful waterfall draws people. Only God could use the same thing to hide and protect, yet draw those who see the beauty to discover an encounter with the door. You know, Jesus is the door. He is the way in. So when you think about even just all the dynamics of that, have you ever been to a waterfall and you know how you can go behind it? There's like that little, and, and just think about that. Not only are we just flooded with the, with the presence of the Holy Spirit in us and through us, but we have this shield, this wall to protect us. And, um, and he refreshes us. I mean, there's just so much depth in all of that. So I thought that was a pretty powerful word to share with us this morning. But we just need to understand that this whole season of glory and building is to take the kingdom of God to the place God has for it in this era. And, and it's going to be a, a powerful season. So we're carriers of the glory. We're killers of the darkness. And uh, we're having a great time doing it, right? And it's not that it's not challenging. 
But there's power and confidence in knowing that God is doing that through us. And the darkness is being shattered and, and, and squelched and, and uh, destroyed because of us. Because of Christ in us. So good. So good. God is so good. So uh, I want to take it from here to talk about our everyday lives. And uh, I'm just going to read one scripture. Then we're going to go to Acts 6. But it says, Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Commit your ways. In some translation, commit your work. Everything you do, commit to the Lord and your plans will be established. So when we think about that, God has given us a big vision. Like Habakkuk says, you know, write the vision. So God is calling us to take the vision he's given to us and write it down. Because when we get it out of our minds onto a piece of paper, and I'm talking about literally writing it down. When we write it down, what it does, it, it comes from just a floating thought into an actuality, into a reality. So when we take what God has given us, and for us, we're going to talk about just this morning, our big picture is we're sent to kill the darkness, right? So, and we all do it in different ways. We commit our work to him and he'll establish our plans. He'll make us have success. So when we take what God has given us and write it down, it, it makes it tangible. It puts, it puts feet on it. And what happens once we get it out of our mind and we start writing it down and, and journaling and talking to God about it, it begins to expand. That's the reason we tell you, whenever you get a prophetic word, write it down and pray into it and let God expand it for you. Because usually it's a nugget of what the whole picture looks like. And the only way to see the whole picture is to press in and see what God has for us and let it develop. So it's important to write things down. You know, um, I know my overarching vision, and it has been for probably 20 plus years, is I want to connect people to the heart of God. I want them to understand the reality of the realness and the tangibility of God. And I'm sure part of that reason is, is because I was brought up knowing a angry God, a distant God, a uh, non-accessible God. And even as a kid, you know, we, we were brought up thinking that from week to week, we didn't know if we were going to be saved. It depends on what we did that week. You know, and, and everybody has different experiences. Everybody has different, but that's what I knew. And when I realized that God was real, and I knew he was real, but he was like ethereal real. He wasn't like real to me as a person, as individually. But when I realized that God was real and he shows up in our lives he, he does supernatural things. He gives us these tangible experiences with him, even during worship. You know, when we started singing that um, uh, second song about, or maybe it was the third song about the uh, veil being torn and all that, I literally could feel the rush of God over me. And I'm like, whew, Lord. But, you know, you think, how 
can I be that important to you that you want me to, to just feel the rush of your presence when I'm singing a song? But when I realized how real God was, how he shows up, how, you know, I I have seen him. I have, you know, in in, uh, tangible form, I have felt him. I've been healed by him. I mean, when you realize that, I'm like, why wouldn't everybody be knocking down the door to encounter that God? And it's because they don't know that that God exists. And that's what we're doing. We are the glory carriers that release uh, the the presence and lets them encounter a God that exists. And that's, you know, and every, each one of you have a vision that burns inside of you for whatever reason. God has, has ignited that fire in you. And that's what you want to do. You just want everyone to know X, you know that God heals, that God loves them, whatever it is. Uh, So getting that vision out of your head, getting it on paper, getting it where you can uh, breathe on it and let God breathe on it and partner with him. He wants to partner with you in everything you do. He, He is the best business partner you could ever have. He has ideas that you have never thought of that he gives you and you're like, that is so good. <laughs> You're just amazed. You're thinking, oh my gosh. And, and so he wants to partner with us and he wants to expand it. So I, I just want to talk about it in, in life application because we all know that we have daily duties that we do, right? Uh, let's turn to Acts 6. I'm going to get excited about this in a minute. I'm very excited about this. I was actually going to preach something else. In fact, I told uh, Karen as I was driving home yesterday, I was going to preach something else. And I got up this morning and God's like, let me get the eraser out and we're going to erase all that. (laughs) And let me tell you what we're really going to talk about this morning. And I was like, but I was all ready. (laughs) But this is so exciting. I I just love, I love it when God just drills it down for me. Okay. So, um, so, you know, the disciples have had this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The church has grown, everything. You know, there's people adding all the time. And then they have a little issue. And uh, 6.1, it says, now about this time, the number of disciples were increasing and a complaint was made. Now, I want to know who's ever been in a church and never heard a complaint. Because I'm going to that church. <laughs> but you know what it is? People see things that are missing that other people don't see. So a complaint was made, uh, so it can be a good thing, uh, by the Hellenists against the Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the food, in the daily, uh, serving of food. So, you know, this was where they saw something was missing. They brought it to their attention. And of course the apostles are like, we got to get on this. Verse two says, so the 12 called the disciples together and said, it is not appropriate for us to neglect teaching the word of God in order to serve tables and manage the distribution of food. So they said, therefore, brothers, choose from among you seven men with good reputations, men of godly character and moral integrity, full of the spirit and of wisdom, who we may put in charge of this task. But we will continue to devote ourselves steadfastly to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So 
they have set the job description out. They've got the job qualifications. And, and, St and uh, Philip, that's who we're going to talk about today, is, is going to be the one that we're going to focus on. Philip was chosen as one of the people. Now, I want us to think about this. When we set out a job description for someone to serve tables and distribute food, that's probably not the list that we have. Someone with godly character, you know, someone that's filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, think about that. That is probably not the job, you know, that's probably not even in our minds in the job description. But should it be? I mean, should it be? You know, it's, it's funny because I think about, am I godly when I'm cooking dinner filled with the Holy Spirit, carrying out the garbage, going to the grocery store? Is that the way I see myself in my menial task? I was thinking about Brother Lawrence who peeled potatoes while he practiced the presence of God. You know, is that what I do? I'm like, okay, uh, you know, I'm carrying out the garbage. I'm, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I am full of wisdom and godly character. You know, a lot of times we don't think that we should have that level of awareness in the everyday moment-by-moment moment task. But it does exist within us. Yeah. And it's tapping into and learning how to live out of the presence of God, whether we're peeling potatoes, whether we're, because the Holy Spirit cares about it. I know I've told you the story, but uh, uh, yeah, I've been cooking quiche for my daughter a couple of weeks because that's their favorite thing to eat. And uh, with ketchup, we won't go there. <laughs> but, you know, I'm sitting in my office, I'm working away and one's baking and I hear the Lord say to me, go check it because it's done. And I go, there's more time on it, but I checked it and it was done. If I would have left it in the extra five minutes, it would have been burnt. It would have been dried out. And, um, and that's, that's the Holy Spirit wanting us to be one with him. I have poured, poured boiling water over my hand. The first time I did it, it was so crazy. I took eggs off the stove that I had boiled. I wasn't even thinking. I turned on the cold water. I poured the water, the hot boiling water over my hand to catch the eggs when I was going to run over cold water. I know. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> but I was like, as soon as it happened, of course, it was very hot. I was like, God, do not let my hand be burned. And it was not burned. Not one mark, not one blister, not one anything. But, you know, those are just illustrations in, you know, Philip is going to distribute food and serve. But he had to be full of the Spirit, and he had to be um, filled with the Spirit. He had to be of godly character, and he had to be full of wisdom. So think about when we're looking to do something or looking even to hire someone in businesses and things. Okay, we may not put that on the job description out loud, but secretly, we're partnering our work with God and telling God when someone comes in, we want to make sure that they're of godly character, that they are filled with your spirit, that they are of wisdom so that they can serve 
in a way that would represent you. And, you know, when you, when you think about it, I was listening to a um, um, little, there's a series going on with uh, Bill Johnson about the fivefold ministry. And it's really good. It just started last week. So y'all can look up his Facebook if you want to watch it. But he was talking about what does it mean to be an apostle? Because he's an apostle, fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, and preacher. He was talking about what does it mean to be an apostle? They ask him a question. And he says, what it means is it means that I serve well. That was just one of the things he was talking about. And he said, I went to a church because I travel a lot. And um, during worship, the pastor leaned over to me and told told me all the things that he didn't like that I do. All the things he didn't want me to preach on, he didn't want me to do during the service, all that. And and he said, my response to him was, I am here to serve you. So whatever you want me to do, that's what I'm going to do. I have no agenda but to serve you. You invited me. I felt like the Lord said, go. So I'm here. I'll do whatever. And he said, if I had to change what I, my message right on the spot, I can, you know, I can do it. And he said, the pastor looked at him and said, do whatever you want. Because he was a man of godly character. He didn't say this, but I was just relating it to godly character filled with the spirit and wisdom. And he was called to serve this person, not of his agenda, not of what he had on his heart, but on whatever would best serve that pastor and his church. And that's an interesting thought process for us because most of the time we have an agenda when we go into places, whether it's work, you know, whatever it is, because we have a job that they've called us to do. But how do we serve out of that oneness with the Holy Spirit? How do we serve out of what already exists in us? the glory, the light of God that will display who God is to the people we're serving. It's an interesting thought process. And, and the way we learn how to do it is by, for lack of better words, practicing the presence of God every day in every moment of what we do. And it comes with just trying, seeing how it works, trying again, talking to God about it, but it's part of putting out there and writing down and partnering with God what he's called you to do. And how does that look in my life? Well, you know, when we think about Philip, here's Philip and he, it it also says that, okay, so they picked these seven guys, right? And then not only did they pick them, but then they laid hands on them. They commissioned them. They prayed over them. They didn't just say, you're hired, get busy. They took what God had given them and imparted and prayed and and just made sure that the fullness that they were called to do was in them, was on them. And the, the agreement with the apostles They all agreed that these seven men, that that's what they were going to do. Well, we fast forward with Philip and we'll turn to eight, uh, 25 because I love this. We fast forward with Philip 
And he's, we trust that during this season, he's serving and distributing food out of the wisdom of God, out of the power of the Holy Spirit within him, out of his godly character. I mean, that's a lot. So we go to verse 25 in, in chapter uh, Acts 8. Oh, no, I don't want to start there. We're going to start in verse 5. I'm sorry. 8, 5. Sorry, guys. Sorry, Noah. So Philip, now he's the evangelist. He went from serving tables, distributing food. He's an evangelist. And they have sent him out. There's been a disbursement. They've sent him out. Verse 5, it says, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. So all of a sudden, he's in an unreached area proclaiming Christ to them. But he got there because of who he was and how he served and what he did and the faithfulness to the anointing and the commissioning that the apostles laid on him. That's how he got to where he was. His evangelism gift was probably always there. But they needed for him to do something else until it was time to activate him and send him out. You know, we serve so many times in positions that are not our permanent positions, that God has someplace else for us to go, but we learn when we serve. We learn when we serve other people. We learn when we give everything we can, everything we have in that wisdom and counsel being filled with the Spirit. I I just, I find this very fascinating. Uh, So verse 6, it says, The crowds gather and were paying close attention to everything Philip said as they heard the message. And they saw the miraculous signs which he was doing, validating his message for unclean spirits. He is the light. He is the glory. He he has been sent out to (coughs) displace, destroy, kill the darkness. And here he did right here. He released the miraculous of God. He preached the gospel. He uh, got rid of the demons who were shouting loudly and were coming out of many people who were possessed. And many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was great rejoicing. So he started with a core. He was a godly man. He was filled with the spirit and full of wisdom. And from his core, he grew into this evangelist that had the authority and the power to displace the demonic and release the glory and the supernatural of God. Now, that is powerful. Just that is powerful. And just think about yourself, where you've been, where God's taken you, and the vision he has for you in the future. It's big. It's big. Verse 25. So he, so, you know, the, uh, some of the apostles come in and they're helping him out. And so when Peter and John had given their testimony and preached in the, uh, the word of God, they started back to Jerusalem, preaching the good news about salvation in many Samaritan villages along the way. So it, it leaves an assumption that Philip was with them. But then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, get up and go south to the road that runs from Jerusalem down to Gaza. He got up and went, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch 
a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all of her treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship, and when he was returning, sitting on his chariot, chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. So Philip ran up and heard the man reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, well, how could I unless someone guides me correctly? And Philip, and he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. So look at the transition, you know, from serving and distributing to evangelism, moving in signs and wonders and deliverance, to specifically being sent to a high-level official that's going to bring transformation to a nation because of the queen that he serves. Because he was godly, he was filled with the Spirit, and full of wisdom. That's where That was his base. And he couldn't serve even food, unless he had those characteristics. I think that's incredible. The thing that I think is incredible about it is because God has so much more for each one of us. There's not one of us that God doesn't have a greater reach for that we don't have a greater calling. Uh, and, and I don't mean greater in the way of uh, uh, a more expanded calling. That's kind of how I mean it. Um, every one of us has the ability to fulfill what God has called us to do. He has given us that baseline within us. And if it's not there, then he will refine and unjust us. But he is calling us to look at things very differently. He's calling us to look at our job descriptions through the eyes of what's needed in the spiritual realm. So we're able to accomplish what he has for us in the natural realm. You know, we want to start filled instead of trying to go back and get it because we realize we don't have it when actually as born again Christians, we've had it all along, right? Is that too confusing? It's fun. It just makes you want to jump up and down and it's like, I already got it. Okay. Choose me, God. Where, where, where is it? What, you know, where is the Ethiopian that, that needs, that has the influence to influence a company, to influence a city, to influence a nation? Where's the voice that I can speak into that you've already prepped their heart to hear that they can take back with them and say, you'll never believe as I was going down the road, this man comes. And not only that, as we keep going, um, he says, can I get baptized in the spirit? I mean, can I get baptized? Verse 36. And they continued along the road and they came to water and he in the eunuch exclaimed, look, water, what forbids me from being baptized? And Philip says to him, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he replied, I do believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And he ordered the chariot to be stopped. And Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip was baptized. Now you'd think Philip would just keep on, but nope, the Holy Spirit's like, next, 
<laughs> Suddenly he is carried away and the eunuch no longer saw him. He was, he's there and then he's gone. He comes out of the water. He's here. He's gone. Who's ready to be translated in the spirit? Who, who's ready? You know, who's been, who's been being built up all this time, being, have served people, have, have done the things that God has called them to do. And it doesn't matter whether it's, uh, you know, doing miracles and signs and wonders or, uh, working at your job at such a level of excellence filled with the spirit and wisdom and counsel and all those different things. When God gets ready to advance you to the next realm of influence, he's going to do it. He's going to do it and he will do it. He didn't ask Philip, Philip, would you like to be translated in the spirit? Cause I've got some other place for you to go. Cause Philip would be like, what? <laughs> he just said, your heart is so yielded. Your character is like mine. You've been filled with the fullness of me. You've been obedient in all that you've done. Let's go. Because that is, if you look at Philip's life, that is what he's saying. And, it, and this is even the most funnest part. Uh, well, he goes to, uh, uh, where did he go to? We're going to turn to um, Acts 21. And verse 8. So Philip went on to Caesarea. That's where he went. So in verse 8 in Acts 21, that's where Philip went. And I, 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 you know, sometimes we forget to connect the dots. I knew this, but as I was preparing this this morning, I was like, oh, yeah. So it says on the next day, the, the, the uh, apostles uh, left and came to Caesarea. And he went to Philip, the evangelist's house, right. right? Who was one of the seven deacons. Uh, and they stayed with him. And Philip had gotten married and he had four virgin daughters who all had the gift of prophecy. So think about Philip's legacy. He starts out as being chosen as, as one to serve, you know, distribute the food, take care of the widows, you know, serve. And, and God moves him into this momentum of, now I want you to go out, share my word, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, you know, because you, because I, because you've been prepared to do that. Next, you know, he's with the eunuch who's going to transform Ethiopia with the gospel because he received the gospel. He received the baptism. He's transforming. Philip doesn't stay and disciple him. Nope. He's swept up in the spirit, ends up in Caesarea where he meets a wife. He has daughters who are prophets. God, how good is that? You know, out of his heart came this legacy for his daughters that they could live out of who God was. They could have a father that raises them up in, in who God is and, and testifies to all the things that God has done. And, 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 uh, and the apostles come there and they're like, can we stay with you? Because your house is so full of the Holy Spirit. No, that's not what it says. But just think about it. They want to stay with like-minded people. They want to stay with people that they know carry the presence of God, that their household is serving the Lord. What a legacy for his daughters to hear 
his father engaged with the apostles that stayed at his house. And just imagine what their children and their children's children, we say they're unmarried, but we're just going to trust that eventually they all got married and had kids and passed on the legacy. I mean, just think about the legacy that we carry. And that legacy not only includes our family, but it includes our sphere of influence. It includes people that we have been friends with for a long time and, and, and we minister together and we eat together and we love together. You know, we just have that relationship, you know, so the legacy is so much bigger. His legacy includes Ethiopia. I mean, just think about all the people you've influenced in your life. Think about all the things that God has had you do in your workplace, in your home, in the in your children's school, in whatever place you've been exposed to, in the school, in your college, all those different things. Think about all of the things that you have deposited into people's lives. And all of that is written in the book of life. And, you know, all of it's written in your story that God's written down for you. It's so incredible, isn't it? And when you look at Philip's life, and I just thought it was so important where he started. And what was required of him to serve. He didn't have a Bible degree. He just had a heart after God. And he did whatever they asked him to do. That's so awesome, isn't it? So as we prepare for our continuing legacy, we all have legacies, but, you know, really capturing the vision that God's given us, writing it down, praying into it, uh, learning how to live in the presence of the Lord in every moment of your life. You know, God, I'm taking out the garbage. Would you like to talk about anything on my way? You know, just every opportunity. I'm, I'm scrambling up eggs. You get any input? Want to throw a little flavor in? <laughs> I mean, just every opportunity to have that engagement with the Lord. So, so we are drenched in his presence all the time. We're in communion all the time. So then when we meet the darkness, there's a natural communication, a natural flow, because we're so used to living out of the presence. And, and I want to encourage you also that as you write your vision down, and some of you may have already done that, but begin to talk to God about what would that look like in my family? What would that look like in my future? You know, how would you like to draw me into a bigger picture or use me in a way that I never thought was possible? Like Philip probably didn't do a, 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 a vision board about being translated, you know, he did a vision board about serving God and, and God wants us to brainstorm with him. And let him partner, invite him to partner with us to accomplish the things he wants to accomplish. So good. So I'm going to read one little scripture before we close. Deuteronomy 28. But um, this is good, isn't it? God just shows us all these little nuances, you know, in the word. And it's just so powerful. He wants us to be encouraged. He wants us to be courageous. And he wants us just to go for it. He wants us to go for it. 
So I just want to read over you this Deuteronomy 28. I'm just going to read a couple of verses out of this. It says, now it shall be if you diligently listen, listen to the Lord and obey the voice of the Lord, your God, being careful to do all of his commandments, which I am commanding you today. The Lord, your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. All the blessings will come upon you. And just put out your hands. Let those blessings come upon you. And they will overtake you. What does it feel like to be overtaken by the blessings of the Lord? They will overtake you. If you pay attention to the voice of the Lord your God, you will be blessed in the city You'll be blessed in the field, the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground and the offspring of your animals and the offspring of your herd and the young of your flock will be blessed. What that means is everything, everything, everything's going to be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in. You will be blessed when you go out and the Lord will cause the enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They will come out against you one way, but flee before you seven ways. Whew, I see them running now. Opposite direction because the light in you has crushed them. That's so good. The Lord will command the blessings upon you in your storehouse. In your storehouses, he's going to command the blessings upon everything that you have. And in all that you undertake, he will bless you in the land. And I'm going to add this to the territory and the influence which the Lord your God gives you. The Lord will establish you as a people holy and set apart to himself just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord, your God and walk in his ways. Amen. So if you'll just stand, I'm going to pray over us. That's such a good blessing over us this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the shift in the atmosphere here. Even in the reading of the word, the atmosphere has shifted. God, we, we understand that we have your blessings on all on our storehouses, on our territory, on our influence, on our families, on our businesses, everyone we encounter, we have your blessing. And if the enemy tries in any way to stop us, to come against us, you will destroy them and they will flee seven in seven different directions. So God, I just thank you. Lord, I just thank you for the uh, stirring up the reminder within us that your Holy Spirit dwells in us, that we have the river of living water flowing out of us, that we are filled inside out with your glory, and that we are killers of the darkness that tries to invade this earth. So Lord, we just... Um, we just really, I just want to release that impartation of, of, um, <laughs> I just keep seeing the words dragon killers, you know, everything will be destroyed by who you are and who you are in us. And, and Lord, I just thank you that where we are now, 
we are godly people. We are of good character. We are displayers of your glory. We are filled with your spirit. And we are full of wisdom. And God, thank you. Just like a salt shaker, you are shaking us out on everything that needs those attributes. And that you are moving us forward so your kingdom can move forward. And what you're going to do in our lives will be so amazing, so surprising, uh, so magnificent. It will overtake us. Like it says, your blessings are going to overtake us. Lord, yes. That we, like Philip, are just going to be ready to go wherever you want us to go. Do whatever you tell us to do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That your signature is written on our hearts. That beats strongly for you. And we just bless you. We bless you, Lord. Amen. Amen, guys. Woo! Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.